Mandili Gerosondabada. Father in heaven, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. And we stand here this evening to ascribe unto you all the power and the glory, all the honor that you deserve. We thank you, we honor you, we praise you, we adore you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit whom you have given to us as a guarantee of the promise of the Father. We thank you, Father, that he leads us, he guides us, he works in us to bring out and bring forth the government of God, the reign of God in the hearts of man. And not only that, as it is written, that the kingdom of God is not eat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we thank you that the Spirit of God in our lives is the administrator of righteousness. He is the administrator of the word of the Lord. He is the administrator of joy. He is the administrator of our peace. We thank you that he leads and guides us. He governs us for as many as are led by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. And we are precious Holy Spirit of God indebted to you for your love and kindness, for your grace and your patience with us. Oh, where would we be without you, Holy Spirit? Who would we be without you, Holy Spirit? Even as the apostle said, for our sufficiency hails from God. We of ourselves are not sufficient, but our sufficiency is of God. Manaso ranika sanda. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thanks a million. For your long-suffering. Hallelujah, for aiding us and helping us in our lives, for being there with us, for being there for us. We thank you, oh God. Manosa, that you never left us. Manigaro Sande Greveda, and that you have been searching us out, O God. Since our conception, you've been searching us out, precious Spirit of the living God. And we thank you that you rejoice daily in us, and that our delight, your delight is in us. May we learn also to delight in you, and also to learn to walk with you. Yes, may the communion. Oh, the Holy Spirit remain with us as you guide us through life to show us the paths of life, leading us into the presence of God, leading us into the will of God and those things which God hath in store for us. I pray for everyone who is in this meeting. I pray that Lord God, you may give them a passion a fire for the word of God. And not only that, that you open the understanding to the wonderful things of your word. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God begins to work mightily in them. Yes, even to the degree that it is dark outside. I pray that you may cause them to rise. Rise, O oh God, to meet their destiny. 
and that they may fulfill the purposes of God even this evening as we share the word of God minister life minister peace I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth thank you that your word is life and even as I speak it forth by the unction of God as the oracle of God that these words may minister life life in abundance for that is what you came to bring I bless you Lord I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus we pray Amen Hallelujah Good evening I trust you well. Could you turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 please? While doing so, you can switch on your video feeds. Thank you. Amen. Well, for the past two days, this is the message that the Spirit has laid in my heart, but we used those two days to to clear the path if you would to make the understanding of this message much more palatable uh, to you because now that you know that powerful devils don't exist it will be easier for me to teach you on how to exercise dominion through prayer because you are, you understand now through the word of god that powerful devils don't exist you have to believe it if you're going to have any effectiveness in the kingdom there's a consciousness and an understanding you must have that will put you over. It is knowledge that differentiates. It is knowledge that distinguishes. The kind of knowledge you possess and you walk in defines the quality of your life. Because that knowledge would be 
a guiding force in your walk in this life. Hence God said, my people are destroyed by the lack of knowledge. So distraction is a consequence of deficiency in knowledge, not power or strength in diabolical forces. So when one finds their lives going through destructive patterns, the causation is a deficiency in knowledge and not the power of the forces that they are engaged with. So it's important that you, you never reject knowledge, but you pursue it. It will help you to function correctly, to function appropriately in life. Knowledge is essential. And, and, and I'm not talking about knowledge that you learn in school. I'm talking about knowledge to navigate life. And the best kind of knowledge is the word of God. You know, if you read John 17, when Jesus was praying to God, he said, I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me and they received them and they know that I've come forth from you. In other words, they could only receive after they were given words and they could only know after they have received. So Jesus said, I have given them the words which thou hast givest me. So God gave Jesus words to give to us. And I believe that the only way true liberation in the lives of God's people can come is when God's ministers, God's servants, give the people of God his word. Now give them opinions, not give them uh, assumptions, but give God's people the words God said that they must. Because it is only then that they will know. It is only then that they will come to reality. And he said, it's once you know the truth, that the truth will make you free. So without knowledge and, and, and knowledge that comes from the word of God, it is imp impossible for a child of God to come into freedom, to come into liberation because liberation as the scriptures tells us comes through the word of God. So Jesus said, I gave them the words. I gave them, I gave them your words. And because I gave them, they received them and they know, they know. Which means we can only know Jesus. We can only know God. We can only know the truth about life through the word of God. So when I was teaching you 
over the last two days I strongly lay the foundation for what I want to teach you uh, tonight and if we do not f- uh, finish it uh, we'll continue it, uh, tomorrow but there are no powerful devils there's only a powerful Jesus and and this Jesus is one that is for us so the scripture says if god is for us who can be against us if he is for you who can be against you this is the consciousness that comes from receiving the word of god because it's only once you receive the word of god that the knowledge to charge in life to conquer in life will come in that same breath in verses before the apostle says and we know that all things work together for our good we know how many of us have read the scripture and still when we go through things and face challenges that are unpleasing hurtful painful frustrating and confusing how many of us cry how many of us wonder if god loves us or if god cares for us because you measure the love of god by what goes right for you So when things go wrong for you God must not love you anymore or God must not be caring anymore Yet the scripture says we know how, how do we know It is through the spirit it is through the assistance of the spirit and it's through partnership with the holy ghost that we learn that it does not matter what happens to us in this life it is for us it is for our good because god is the one that is able to bring order out of chaos to bring darkness out of, i mean to bring light out of darkness to bring glory out of a mess And then he says we know because we we pray. We know because the spirit makes intercession for us. We know. We know because he he makes intercession for us. He will perfect all that which concerns us. So when you go through challenges, when you go through rough patches in life, consider consider the fact that ultimately if you enjoin the spirit of god in prayer in intercessions in supplications it will work for your good which means you may go through something because remember he says likewise the spirit also helps us in our infirmities for we know not how we, how, how we ought to pray as we should but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered 
And then he says, For he that such as the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, for he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, and we know, because we have a chief intercessor. Oh my God. We know that if we, we will allow the Holy Spirit to help us in our infirmities, we know to Sunanti Lambano to take a hold together with us against something. That's what it means when the Bible says, and the Spirit helps us. It means, he's, the Greek word there is Sunanti Lambano. It means to take a hold together of something, to stand together with you against something. Which means at any point in your life, whatever it is that is against you, the Spirit of God is there to help you. The Spirit of God is, here, is there to join together with you. And guess how he solves these matters? Guess how he solves these problems? It is through intercession. The Bible says he makes intercession. The Hebrew word there is para. It means to go in between. Mantalika parasaila. He goes in between you and the problem in between you and the circumstance he paras and how cannot things work together for your good the problem is that we have not yet learned because we have not yet been given the word of god we've been given the opinions of man we've been given the assumptions of man because men who are supposedly called by god men who are supposedly ministers of the gospel do not have the utterance to declare the mysteries of God. Because man, the scripture Paul says, spoke well of them. He says, beware in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of themselves and not God. They shall be lovers of money. I can tell you right now, my brothers and my sister, the chief enemy, the Bible tells us, is not Satan, it is Memon. What is controlling society today, especially the Christian society, especially ministers in positions of authority, is, is Memon. Satan is not a master, but Mammon. The scripture tells us clearly that Mammon is a stronger master than Satan. Hence, Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. He didn't say you cannot serve God and what? He didn't say you cannot serve God and Satan. He said you cannot serve God and Mammon. Mammon, it is what is, what is stealing the opportunity for God's people to receive the word. So we walk on thinking about how great our man of God is, how great our pastor is. And sometimes it goes beyond the, the acceptable lines. It goes beyond the acceptable lines where you start idolizing, where you start worshiping, where you start taking every word that he says as though it is God talking. Where you, where you start taking his word as finality over your life. 
So when situations arise, you don't think about the word. You don't think about the spirit. You think about my man of God. Yet the scripture tells us, your pastor is not a helper. The spirit is. The spirit is. When God sent men into the church, he did not send them as helpers because there is already a helper in the church. He sent them as stewards of truth to deliver to the people of God the words of the Father. Look at how society behaves. Look at the mentality, the mindset that society has adopted. A man, a, a, a believer can, can proudly call a, another man daddy. But you'll scarcely hear that come to God. You'll scarcely hear that expression go to God. No, he, he's the God of daddy. He's the, yet the scripture has told us that we have not received the spirit of fear. Oh God, oh Lord. We, we have not yet received the, 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 the spirit of fear, the spirit of bondage to fear, but the spirit by which we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit by which we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, Papa, Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Father. That is the spirit we, and not Abba Father to a man, Abba Father to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because such expressions are, are, are reserved for him and him alone. So, so when it comes to the, the knowledge, the, 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 the Greek word there is idol. It, it means an awareness. When it comes to the awareness of things working together for our good, we have not it. Because we have not learned, we do not know, or we have not been taught how it happens. It is through para, it is through intercession. Which means, unless the spirit intercedes and unless a believer enjoins with the spirit because it's help. He does not do it for you. He helps. You understand? He helps. To help somebody does not mean you do the job for them. You help them. You assist them. Which means unless a Christian or a believer enjoins with the Holy Spirit in that particular matter, in that particular situation that they are going through, nothing will change. Because it is the one that maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God that begins to, to stir and set up the array of things working together for your good. So when things are not working together for your good, have, have you have you enjoined the help of the Spirit? Have you employed the help of the Spirit? I'm not talking about the help of your pastor or man of God. No, I'm talking about the help of the Spirit. 
He did not say your pastor helps you in your infirmity. He says the spirit helps in your infirmity. The spirit, the spirit of God, he's the one that helps. If you have a financial situation, a financial limitation, a health limitation, it doesn't matter if it's a social or family related uh, limitation, infirmity, challenge, whatever it might be. From whom do you require help? Many people don't understand why they remain, their lives do, do not resemble the glory to which they are called. It is because they do not enjoy the spirit. You have a need. You will go and ask around. Ask around. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Learn. Learn it now. Or forever forfeit the blessedness of the help of the Spirit. The, the scripture tells us he's a spirit that created materiality. Which means the spirit is not ignorant in the matters of life. He is the chief architect of life. He's not ignorant when it comes to the matters of life. He, in fact, he is more knowledgeable than you'd ever know. He knows how to bring you out of every predicament, out of every crisis. He knows how to provide solution, provide wisdom, provide ideas. He knows. Most of your Christianity, some of you, is a joke, is a fallacy. It's a fallacy. It's a Christianity by name. By name only. If you are a Christian, you should show forth the fruits that accords with the way. Which means the world must learn from you how you solve your problems. They must learn from you how you go through situations. They must learn from you how you overcome the challenges of life. The Bible says we do not sorrow. In other words, we do not behave as those without hope. But watch, watch yourselves. You know why? You know why? Because you have not been... You've not received the word. You see, once you are given the word, the responsibility to receive is, is yours. The responsibility to receive the word is yours. The responsibility to, to, to oh my God, to, to know the truth is yours. Hallelujah. So that's why I taught you there are no powerful devils because many people excuse and justify their circumstances and predicament to devils and Satan. And that's the fear-mongering that is going on in the church via, via who? Via the ministers, the ministers. So that you can keep coming back. 
Keep coming back. Keep coming back. When a bird has found its home, you don't need to cage it. You don't need to tell it every day that come home. When a bird has found its home, it can go in the morning, go and fly to Cape Town, go and fly uh, to Johannesburg. It will know, it will find its way home. Which means what has been meant as havens has become prisons for God's people. Prisoners in the house of God through psychological blackmail, psychological brainwashing and deception. So our generation produces weak Christians. Christians whose lives are not founded, are not built by the word. Christians who, who are emotional, who use emotionalism You see them when they pray, but see them how they live. See them how they function. In church, they are all who who super spiritual. Who rapati? Who rapati? Who rapati? Who rapati? When it comes to walking the talk, they don't walk it. They can't walk it. Why is it that you feel God in church and not in life? Listen, my brothers, my sisters, don't be hypocrites. Hallelujah. Don't be hypocrites. Hypocrites get nothing from God. Hypocrites receive nothing from God. And there's a lot of hypocritical behavior in the churches of God. There's a lot of hypocritical behavior in the churches of God. It starts from the pulpit. Flows down into the pews. No, if you must walk this Christian life, do not walk it in the walls of the church. Walk it in the world. Walk it in life. Walk it. Let your light so shine that man may see your good works. Good works, not bad works. Good works. And glorify the Father. Glorify your Father. How many people are glorifying God from your life? How many people are glorifying God because of you? How many people can look at you and say, God must be real? How many people can look at how you, you conduct yourself, conduct your life and say, no, for truth, I don't believe that God is alive, but because I see you, I think I believe that God is real. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, I have given them the words which you have given me. Ask yourself, whatever church you go to, ask yourself this one question. As I'm sitting there and listening to this man speak or this woman speak, am I, be, am I being given the word of God? Am I being given the word of the Father? 
Because my brothers and my sister, the Spirit of God follows the Word. The Spirit of God follows the Word. Jesus said, we do not, we, you shall know them by their fruit. You shall know them by their fruit, which means the number one signs of the presence of the Spirit only comes after the Word. And the Lord confirming the Word which they preached with signs and wonders. It was not the signs, then the Word. It was the Word being followed by the Spirit. He whom speaketh, he whom God has sent, speaketh the words of God. And God doth not give him the spirit by measure. Why? Because he speaks the words of God. So what is being spoken to you? Is it the words of man? Is it the opinions of man? Is it the suggestions of man? Or is it the word of God? Because it matters what is given to you if you are a child of God. Paul did not say, I commend it to myself. Paul said, I commend you to God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. These are the kind of foundations that make strong Christians. We Christians are not made of such foundations. So you grow up all your life thinking Satan is powerful. Satan is after me. Satan is coming after me. And fear subconsciously is inbuilt inside you. So when you face mountains, you cry. When you go through valleys, you fear. When the storms of life arise, you don't know what to do. You cry. You wallow. You wonder, is God still for me? Because you think having God in your life is an exemption from troubles. In this world, you shall have trials and tribulations. You shall have... Ask anybody who knows me, ask them, have they ever heard me complain? Ask them. Have they ever heard me murmur? Have they ever heard me tell them I'm going through something? I'm going through the most. You don't know how what I'm going through right now. Have you in the church heard me ever say that? Why? Because I read my Bible. I read my Bible. And I accepted it as a word of God. And if I'm going to live by the Bible, if I'm going to live by the word of God, let me tell you, I'm going to die by it. I am going to die by it. When I made the choice that this is the word of God and I'll choose to pattern my life according to this book, not according to what some man says. The only thing I care about what an other man says is if what he says is consistent with the, with the scriptures. My entire life is based on that. 
I don't buy nobody's face. I don't care about who you are, what you've done. Show me the word. And when I decided that, I decided I'm going to believe it. He said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for food. Ask yourself, are you the righteous? Why do you go around begging, begging? Please borrow, please give me this. Please do this for me. Begging. Are you not the righteous? Prove the word of God. Prove the word of God. And sometimes in proving the word of God, you must suffer. You must go through sufferings. The sufferings that come or the disadvantages that come with deciding to stand on the word and deciding not to go the way of man. Trust not, trust not in man, nor in the princes of man in whom there is no help. He said, I am a very present help, which means there are times you need to suffer. Suffer without food. To be without food. And all this, you know, there's nothing. And you, and you are there, you say, no, God, God is my provider. God will provide. Every blessing I've ever received from man, I did not receive it because I asked it. I have too much pride in God to let man take any glory away from him. No, I will not, not let a man take any glory from God. No. My life will be a testimony of God's goodness, of God's grace, of God's glory. And I will not cut corners. I will not compromise. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said it. They said, know this, O king. We will not bow, for our God is able to deliver us from whatever you want to put us in. But know this, even if he does not do it, we will still not bow. But you, you will say, God, God will deliver me. And then he doesn't do it. You say, no, no, I'll succumb. What do you want me to do? What, what, what do you want me to do? That is the way of compromise. Conviction of faith in God says, even if no help comes, even if no one helps me, even if I pray and no one helps me, no one knocks on that door, no one makes that phone call to me, even if no one, even if I have to sleep without food, even if I have to sleep outside, I will not beg. Because he told me, ask ye anything in my name and I shall do it. I shall do it. And if he said it, he must do it. He must, he watches over his word to perform it. That's what I believe. You say you are a Christian, but you cut corners. When it matters most, you cut corners. How are you going to prove God's goodness? How are you going to prove God's grace? How? How are you going to do that? When you're busy compromising all the time, when God is, is trying to test your faith, when God is trying to prove your faith, 
crumble. You crumble. Do you know how many times I did not know how I'm going to pay rent? How am I going to make it? Feed my wife, feed my son? How many times? She's never heard me say a thing. Why? Because if I die, I die. But I'm not going to die begging. Listen, even if it's the last hour, I will never. I've been tried many times. God is my help. God is my help. When are you going to see God's glory? The Bible says, if you suffer with him, if you suffer with him, you will be glorified together with him. Which means, if you do not allow bring him into your suffering how will you enjoy in his glory how will he bring glory into your life then what's the falling for in the church what's the crying for in the church What's the emotional tongues for in the church? When push comes to serve, you cannot prove your trust in the Lord. Why do it? It's hypocrisy. That's what it is. It is hypocrisy. You are better off shutting your mouth, being like a statue in the church. If you trust God, trust God with everything you are, my brother. Trust God with everything you are, my sister. Because if you don't, you will never see His glory. All you will consistently see is the curse that comes from trusting man. The Bible says, Cursed is the man. Cursed is he who trusts in the arm of flesh. When good comes, he shall not see. Trusting in God, it requires faith. It is not a mental ascent. My brother and my sister, it is not a something that you just, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it takes faith. It takes faith to trust God because you can't see him. You can't see him. So you need to trust that he has enough integrity. He, he has enough love for you to see to it that good comes out of whatever you're going through. Ten years, ten years, decade, over a decade, never begged, nor his seed begging for bread. No. Why? And I gave them the words which you gave unto me.
I received his words. I received them. I received them. My brother, my sister, the, the, the validation, the proof that you receive God's word is not when you hear them. Is when trials and tribulations arise. Is when challenges come to confront you to prove whether or not you've received the words of the Lord. Yes. Yes. And you can't run away from them. You can't be a coward. No. But we have not been taught how to receive God's word. We've only been taught how to abide by the words of men. By the manipulation and deceit of man. Yet he said, see to it that no man deceives you. See to it. Which means you have a responsibility to make sure that I'm not deceiving you. You have a responsibility to make sure that you are not being deceived by me. It's your responsibility to find out, to do your due diligence. Is this guy really deceiving me? Or is this guy telling me the truth? And that is one of the reasons why in, in, in my life I try as much as possible to avoid personal prophecies. I try, I avoid it. I, avo I avoid it. I try as much as possible to avoid that arena. Because people will blame you for what you said God said when it is not as forthcoming because they are not doing their part. When they are not doing what they should be doing. Because they have not been taught how to receive the word of God. The word of God. C can we read Ephesians chapter 6 please? If we don't finish today, we'll continue tomorrow. Ephesians um, chapter 6 please. Hmm. Hallelujah. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And he says, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Do you realize, and even as I'm speaking with you right now, that you've probably heard this scripture preached to you many times, right? 
You've probably heard it many times. Put on the whole arm of God. But nobody actually ever tells you how to put it on. Nobody ever actually tells you. They may tell you what it is, but nobody actually ever tells you how to put on the whole arm of God. What is it to put on the whole arm of God? Because even them are baffled. Because some of them think that this armor, remember he says the armor of God, this armor is, is a literal armor that God's, God wears. So they, they, they say when you put it on, just put it on. I put on the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness and so forth. But you know what the armor of God is? Anakalo shali transakapalia. Oh God. Whew. The armor. Think about it. The armor of God are the revelations of His Word that brings a Christian to fullness, a full and complete understanding of who God is. So when he says, put on the armor of God, these are revelations of the word. Remember, God's armor is his word. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if God ever had an armor, that armor would be his word. And I'm going to show you that the armor is the word and that every piece of the armor the Bible is speaking about is a revelation of the word of the word of God that defines and characterizes him. So he says, if you have these revelations, you will stand. Which means the devil will be incapable of bullying you. Life will be incapable of bullying you if you have these armors. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. And then he says, we do not wrestle. And I explained that to you, that these uh, 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 things, we, uh, principalities, powers, and so forth that we wrestle against are powerless. Let me give you a scripture that puts a finality to this, to this debate. Right? Read Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. And through death, that he might destroy him that had the power of death. He destroyed him. He destroyed him. So, come back. He destroyed him. It's over. It means to bring to nothing, to bring to naught, to empty of strength. Jesus destroyed him. So, he says, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, that he may be able to stand, right, against, I mean, that he may be able to withstand in the evil day. In the evil day. So having done all, to stand. Then he says, stand therefore, in the armor of God, stand therefore, having your loins girt with truth. What is what is thy word is what? Thy word is what? Thy word is truth. John chapter 17. Thy word is truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
Hebrews chapter 5. He says, by now you ought to be teachers, but you still need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of what? Of Christ. Being babes, having need of milk and not solid food. Being unskillful in the word of righteousness. In the word of righteousness. Then he goes forth to speak and he says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Great peace have they that love thy word. Great peace, so that means the word, the word imparts peace. Then he says, so what did you see there? He says, he says what? He said truth, to stand on truth, to stand on truth, to stand what? To stand with, the, with righteousness? To stand with what? With peace and the gospel. And then he goes forth and he says, and above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith cometh by the word. Faith cometh by the word. Then he says, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. The word of salvation which we preach and the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. So what do you have? You have truth, you have righteousness, you have peace, you have faith, you have salvation, and you have what? And you have the sword. Something is missing, do you notice? Because there is only how, how, many, how many pieces? Six. Six is not perfection. Six is not the number of perfection. Right? Right? Six is not the number of perfection, right? It's seven that's the number of perfection, right? Then read the next verse. Praying. So, he's saying that truth is the armor of God. That peace is the armor of God. The Bible says, and the peace of Christ shall mount garrison you, shall guard your, your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So peace is an armor. Peace is an armor. Righteousness is an armor. The gospel is an armor. Faith is an armor. Ha ha, ha ha. Faith is an armor. Salvation is an armor. Which means if, if you, you, you have the revelation of salvation, the revelation of truth, the revelation of peace, the revelation of righteousness, the revelation of the word, and the revelation of prayer, no devil in hell can stand against you. No devil in hell can overpower you which means the armor of God gives you dominion over the forces of life so when I'm talking about the armor of God I'm not talking about a piece of equipment even even though that's how it is depicted but it is talking about the completion 
of the dressing of the word, which means if a man possesses in fullness the revelations of these, I mean, the, I mean, possesses in fullness all these revelations of the word, that man will be fully dressed. Which means if you know you are, right, you are the righteousness of God, you are going somewhere. If you know and, and you have truth in your life, you're going somewhere. If you know the, 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 the gospel of peace, you are going somewhere. If you have an understanding of faith, you are going somewhere. You understand that? If you, if you understand how to utilize the realm of God and salvation, you are going somewhere. And if you know how to pray, you are going somewhere. So the apostle through the spirit is telling us to invest ourselves in the knowledge of the word in these revelations so he says put on the whole armor of God and he starts with truth you are nothing without truth my brother my sister you are nothing without truth you cannot survive in life you cannot survive through life in the spirit and in the physical without truth Truth is what holds everything together. Truth is a belt that holds all things together. Without truth, faith does not work. Without truth, righteousness does not work. Without truth, my brothers and my sisters, peace, the gospel does not work. Without truth, nothing works without truth. Thy word is truth. So that's why he says truth. And what is the name of the Holy Spirit? The spirit of truth. He's called the spirit of truth. The spirit of the word. So without truth, it is difficult to get to prayer. You see, prayer is the last agency in the armor of God because prayer is, is, is where all of these revelations are put to work. So a man who prays without truth is a weak man. A man who prays without faith is a weak man. The man who prays without the word is a weak man. The man who prays without uh, the knowledge of salvation is a weak man. Which means every other thing will be concluded in prayer through the utility of these armaments of God. Notice he says, notice he says, lastly, the, the last two things he mentions, he says, and the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God, which means the Holy Spirit needs the words of God in order for him to charge. I told you the spirit follows the word. The spirit follows the word. Without the word, the spirit waits. He may be present, but he waits. He spoke and his spirit issued forth. Send forth his spirit. So he says, after you have done all that, after you've compacted that knowledge, he says, pray, pray. <laughs> Praying always, which means the energy of prayer is truth. 
The energy of prayer is righteousness. The effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The energy of prayer is the gospel of peace. The energy of prayer, hallelujah, is faith. The energy of prayer, glory to God, is salvation. Which means if you don't know and don't understand what it means to be saved, what it means for you that you are saved, it will be difficult to charge ahead in life. Hallelujah. Yes, the Amma is the word. The Amma is the revelations of the word of God. We don't, really, we, we don't really have time to go into uh, those uh, details now, but I want to focus on two of them right now. And he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He says, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. This is the only offensive, the only offensive part of the armor. Everything is defensive. Everything. Because what does an armor do? An armor protects you, right? It protects the most vulnerable, most vulnerable parts, right? Of you. It, 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 it's there to provide protection in war, right? But this is a different kind of war. It's not a war where you fight. It's a war where you stand. Because you don't need to fight against the one that's coming against you. All you need is to stand. And, and what, what will protect you? Because he says the, the shield of faith neutralizes every dart. You see, you see that? That means Satan throws a dart. If you've got the shield of faith, all you do is just put it up. It will be neutralized. You don't fight. So truth defends you. You see that? Righteousness defends you. The gospel of peace defends you. Faith defends you. Salvation defends you. So you understand when God said, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge destroys them. But then he says, lastly, he says, and the sword, take up, take up the sword of the spirit, take it. Notice he says, he says, take the helmet, take the sword. You see that? Take the shield. Do you see that? These are three things you must take. You take the shield of faith, you take the helmet, and then you take the sword. Where are you taking them to? To prayer. That's all you need. You <laughs> Glory to God. He says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. My brothers and my sisters. God has called you to dominion. God has called you to dominion. In other words, the dominion that you will exercise that would be exercised by you 
is demonstrated largely in the place of prayer. But you've got no offensive power without the word of God. He says you take the sword of the spirit, which is the word that God speaks. What is the sword of the spirit? The word which God speaks. So how do you take it? How do you take that word? How do you take it? How do you take that word? He said it that you may boldly say it. So every time you are saying what God is saying, what are you doing? You are, you are, you are, you are using, you are wielding the sword. Every time you say the word of God, you are wielding the sword. Every time you declare the word of God, you are wielding the sword. And it is that sword that enables dominion. Dominion means to control. So when God said, let them have dominion, God was saying, let them control the forces of nature. And notice, God never said, let them control men. Which means God doesn't give you dominion to control other people. No human being has and should have any control over you. None. No human being should. Hallelujah. Because there is dominion given to exercise over the forces of nature. The forces of life. The antagonizing adversarial forces that stand against you. Hallelujah. So he says, the word of God is never used because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Is never used to control or dominate people. Jesus never used the word of God to dominate people. He used the word of God to dominate sicknesses, to dominate diseases, to dominate the forces of life. That's what he used the word of God for. And he says, you take it up. How? How do you do all these things? It is only going to be first through the study of God's word. And secondly, it is going to be through the practice of prayer. I don't have time because I can see my time is already passed. We'll continue this thing tomorrow, okay? But the practice of prayer is where you demonstrate or display your armor. Do you, you, you get that? Which means when you go into your prayer chambers and you're like, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I stand before you as a king for you have made me a priest and a king in the kingdom of my God. Thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth had gives me power, authority and victory over the adversary right now. I thank you, dear God, that even by the word of my testimony, I overcome. So I have come to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, according to your word saying, let my word abide in you that you may call unto anything and it shall be done for you. So I've come to make calls. My God, That's how, when you pray like that, you will not be resisted. 
because you are not praying on 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 your own grounds first you are praying on the legality of Jesus Christ secondly you are presenting the word which God has spoken thirdly you use that word which God has spoken to wield you understand that to wield against what against antagonizing adversarial forces in prayer when you sense in your life that Satan is operating and manipulating against your children trying to cause your children to you say no devil this is my household this is my household and I stand in the name of Jesus and on the truth of his word that his blood has overcome you oh So I bind you from operating in the lives of my children. I forbid you. I forbid you. I don't give you permission over my household. Be gone. Go find somebody else's household that can tolerate you. But you are not tolerated here. You are not welcomed here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You wielding the sword. See that? God is not going to give you the sword. You take the sword. God is not going to put the armor on you. You put the armor. Do you understand that? Let me close by saying this. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I know you are facing challenges that may be overwhelming you. Challenges for which you have no solution. Have faith in God. Pastor, what, what does it mean to have faith in God? It means to say that God is going to do something for you and believe it. Believe it. Say that God is going to help me. You, you know what Jesus said? You, you know what Jesus said? You know, I'm overwhelmed by the presence of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, the Bible says they were going... And Jesus was hungry. He wanted something to eat. And he saw a fig tree. And he thought he might get something to eat from it. And when he approached near that food, that tree, there were no fruits, but it had leaves. And Jesus said, let no man eat from thee forever, from henceforth. And the scripture said that Jesus left. The next day, they were coming in from Jerusalem, they're moving to Bethany. And Peter said, Master, see the tree that you have cursed. You know, I thank God. In my life, 
I thank God that he has opened my mind, my understanding to his word. Because I read the Bible and I understand it. I read it and I understand it. I read it and there's no confusion. I read it and, and, and it's right there. It's plain. It's clear. And they said to him, Lord, Lord, see, see the tree that you curse. It's dried up from the roots. And Jesus turned to them and he said, have faith in God. Jesus didn't say, don't you know I'm powerful? Jesus didn't say to them, don't you know what I'm capable of? Jesus turned around and he used it as a lesson. He used it as an opportunity to teach them something powerful about life. Have faith in God. What was he telling them? Jesus was telling them that what just happened now was my demonstration of faith in God. So when Jesus said to the tree, be cursed and die, there was a principle behind it. The principle behind it was that he had faith in God. It was not because he was Jesus. It was because he had faith in God. So he turned and said, have faith in God. Then he said, for verily, I say unto you, oh, Salita, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Verily, I say unto you, whosoever, he moves away from the tree. So as to imply what I just did is nothing compared to what you can do. He says, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, shall say, notice what did Jesus do to the tree? He said to the tree, you are dried up. So Jesus was now showing them what it means to have faith in God. What it means, this is what it means to have faith in God. What it means to have faith in God is to look at the mountain and say, Oh God, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says shall come to pass. That's what it means to believe in God. It means to believe in your words. To believe that when you say something, it will happen. To believe that when you say something, it will, it will come to pass. He says, if you believe. He did not say, Nectar anorecta vina. Jesus did not say that what you say shall come to pass. No. He said, the belief that what you say shall come to pass. He says, you will have it. He did not say what you say shall come to pass, even though that is what will ultimately happen. But the proof, I mean, the point he was trying to communicate is not saying and what you say come to pass. No, is what you say believing that it will come to pass. And that is, that is the lesson. So he was telling them, when I said be cursed, I believed. I believed that what I said will come to pass. And I had it. And I had it. So he was, telling, he was telling them and telling you, stop doubting your words. Stop doubting what you say. Which means if you have faith in God at any point in your life, when you see things and contrary winds coming, you can say, I will, I will, I will arrive at the other side. 
Oh my God, I will arrive at the other side. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I will arrive. I will get to where I'm going. I will. He says, believe it. Believe that it will happen. And he says, God will see to it that you have whatsoever you ask. Which means you don't say, I want a promotion. You say, I will have a promotion. I will have, he says, you speak to the mountain. You don't speak about it. You don't speak of it. You know, I have this issue. No, you speak to the issue. You speak to it. Your preachers have taught you that you need to use sensationalism to address matters. Jesus did not use any sensationalism. He spoke to it. From this day, let no man eat from you. And it was done. You don't need to work yourself up. No. The principle is in the belief in your speech. Is in the belief in your speech. And he says, he shall have whatsoever, not some of it, whatsoever he says, the good, the bad, he shall have it. He shall have it. Because what is seen was not made from what is visible. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Whatever you are facing right now, have faith in God. Have faith in God. God does not disappoint. He will never disappoint. Have faith in God. We'll continue tomorrow, okay? God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Good night.